Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Spectacular. <laughs> Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? It is a Thursday. It is a football night in America. We got a big mess in Phoenix. At least the NBA is a big mess in Phoenix. Yeah, you know what that mess is? Yeah? I really want to know when they're going to paint some lane lines on the Northern Avenue uh, by the 51. It's been like a month with no lane lines. It's so luxurious, though. It's ridiculous. Why is it luxurious? Oh, because you can drift and go anywhere you want. Yeah. Okay. It's It's a big, wide, one big, wide lane. I've noticed that. That's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, this is that time of year when construction projects start and slow you down everywhere you go, but you never see anybody working. Nothing ever gets done. Nobody is ever working. A lot of they cones. Just, yeah. A lot of cones. The cones and the barriers yeah. are up. I haven't yeah. seen a human being yeah, on that got, road doing yeah, anything. Yeah, they got the prop work down to a pad. It's the actual work that's a little different. It's right. cone. <laughs> it is cone. I'll never let it go. I've yeah. never seen such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, before we get started today, I want to give a, a thank you to Jim Sharp across the hall who texted Vinny and I very early this morning to say the coffee machine is broken. Had he not done that, I would have been in a more foul mood today than I was on Monday. Thank goodness. Or Tuesday, whenever. Yeah, thank goodness, right? Did you buy Did you buy two? Nice. I did. Look at you. I bought two large black coffees. Wish I had mm-hmm. also received that text message. Oh, <laughs> dang. Dang. I, I didn't know you drank coffee, Ruthless. Oh, Something. It is my blood. Okay. I, I should have reached out to you. That's, That's my okay. bad. That's no, it's my not bad. your bad. It's Jim Sharp's bad. I'm going to put it on him. Good. Should. It's not your fault. Yeah, something here is broken. Uh, my coffee machine. It's it's broken. It's A broken. few things are broken. So what's new with you, ferret? What's <laughs> new with me? Nothing's ever new with me. No? Okay. I'm a dull, a duller during the week. <laughs> is it but on the shirt? weekends. Not he a fights, new shirt. He no. fights crime, vigilante he style. Fights crime. <laughs> that would that actually be something funny? Yeah, right. By it's like, day, a dullard. Uh-huh. By night. Uh-huh. Did we get him confirmed for the brat eating contest? Yeah, yet? he's in. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, I'll you, get you more details are you on in that. Training yet? I have. I have been eating nothing but uh, encased. Meats. Meats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your arteries are loving that. Oh. Yeah. How about it? All right, that's enough of that. Start the show, Ferret. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver had a press conference at the NBA Board of Governors meetings, and let's just say it didn't go very well. Uh, one of the main points from Silver on the Robert Sarver situation when answering a question from Sports Illustrated's Howard Beck, who will join us today, by the way, basically said there's a different standard for team owners' conduct as opposed to that of the employees. Uh, Silver opened his session by saying, from a personal standpoint, I was in disbelief to a certain extent of what I learned. I was saddened by it. I was disheartened. 
uh, disheartened. I want to again apologize to the former and current employees of the Phoenix Suns of what they had to experience. The conduct is indefensible, but I felt like we dealt with it in a fair manner. This is the low point in Adam Silver's tenure. I've never seen him so wobbly. I've never seen him so uncomfortable. I've never seen him so... Yeah, it's it's quite something. I've never, yeah, seen, him give him, I've never seen him give me so much material for yeah. Friday. Have you mm-hmm. seen right. this guy, Jared? Oh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to the kebab tomorrow. He looks scared. Yeah, He truly looked scared he up looked there. Disgusted. And he should be. He looked scared. He was grasping for words. It was really, really unsettling. Silver said there was also no discussion about removing Sarver as the Suns and Mercury owner. No discussions concerning Sarver willingly selling his stake in the teams. As you said, it was also echoed by the Athletics' John Hollinger, a former front office member with the Memphis Grizzlies, tweeted the low point of Silver's tenure as NBA commissioner. Uh, Chris Paul of the Suns has addressed the situation on Twitter. That followed the lead from Lakers forward LeBron James. Uh, James uh, was first. He tweeted, read through the Sarver stories a few times now. Gotta be honest, our league definitely got this wrong. I don't need to explain why. You all read the stories and decide for yourself. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. There's no place in this league for that kind of behavior. I love this league and I deeply respect our leadership, but this isn't right. There's no place for misogyny, sexism, and racism in any workplace. Don't matter if you're the, uh, you own the team or if you play for the team, we hold our league up as an example of our values and this ain't it. Chris Paul, a couple of hours later, uh, tweeted like many others. I reviewed the report and I was, I was and am horrified and disappointed by what I read. This conduct, especially towards women, is unacceptable and must never be repeated. I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. My heart goes out to all of the people that were affected. That's very interesting. That Both of those are very, very important things. Number mm-hmm. one, LeBron James is the face of the NBA, still lending his voice, and then CP3 coming right behind that. This is interesting because uh, that's that. this is the leader of the Phoenix Suns, and now he is basically also condemning the guy who signs his paychecks. Uh, it's it's fascinating to see where this goes from here. If if there's more of a groundswell in the next 24 hours or so, or if this all just kind of now becomes a matter of other Suns players talking at media day, I'm going to be fascinated about this. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. I, just, I, I just feel like the, the, we're at the beginning of a storm. I think there's a real storm coming right. on this. I think you're right. Cardinals were back on the practice field Wednesday ahead of their road game against the Raiders on Sunday. Week 2 injury report, again, very lengthy. Safety Jalen Thompson added to it with a toe injury. Wide receiver Andy Isabella dealing with a back injury. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury said tight end Zach Ertz, who didn't fully practice Wednesday, should be back fully today. Guard Justin Pugh still listed as day-to-day with a neck injury. The Raiders list was much shorter. Bigger names on it were safety Trevon Merrick, who uh, missed practice with a hip injury. Center Andre James was out with a concussion and linebacker Denzel Perriman who was absent with an ankle injury. Uh, week two of the league gets underway tonight at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Los Angeles Chargers in a matchup of AFC rivals who both won in week one. That game gets underway at 5-20 and marks the debut of the new Thursday night football packet yeah. on Prime Video. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a real good game and you can tell this must have been part of the negotiating that Amazon Amazon paid a lot of money for mm-hmm. these streaming rights and I think in return they got some guarantee Guarantee that you're going to get some good games. This is a pretty good game, and if the Chargers win this and they start off two and zero in that division with both division wins, that's that'd be an early statement from them. Oh, it would. Justin Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Huge, huge game for him. Uh, yeah. D backs 
finally got a win over the Dodgers. 5-3 in 10 innings to salvage the final game of a three-game series. After the Dodgers scored a run in the top of the 10th on a reyes Maranta wild pitch, Sergio Alcantara hit a three-run pinch hit home run off Craig Kimbrell that gave the D-backs the walk-off. Two teams will complete their season series with a five-game set in L.A. starting on Monday. D-backs continue their homestand tonight at Chase Field four-game series beginning with the uh, Padres. We'll see another major league debut for the D-backs tonight. 25-year-old right-hander Dre Jamison on the hill for Arizona against Sean Manaya. Uh, Jamison was a draft pick in 2019 out of Ball State. Made 21 starts at AAA Reno. Uh, the numbers don't look good. 5-12 and 12 with a 695 ERA down there, but uh, rated as the Diamondbacks' ninth best prospect according to MLB Pipeline. Mm. 6.40 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Another debut. Yeah, yeah. It's, and keep them coming, right? They should just call themselves the Arizona Debutantes. Since oh, I boy. since I realized oh, what that boy. means. When did you come up with that one, man? Just, uh, just now. <laughs> just now. You think I script this crap? I, no. That's good. The Arizona <laughs> Debutantes. Same amount of, it's phonetically, you know, accurate. Same amount of syllables. And we could just shorten it to Detantes. The Detantes. <laughs> the Detantes. <laughs> At Eurobasket 2022, France won overtime to beat Italy 93-85 to claim one semifinal spot. And a huge upset. Poland knocks off Luka Doncic and Slovenia 90-87 to claim the last spot. Matus Panitka led the Polish comeback with 26.16 rebounds and 10 assists. And the Poles are in the semis for the first time since 1971. Go home, Luka! <laughs> you know that, that you know what Luka is? The worst. No. A hoe? Yeah. He's a hoe? <laughs> Deb- is that where you were going? Debutant even works for that for the uh, song. I taunt, you taunt, we taunt, we all taunt the detons. <laughs> Thanks, Jared. <laughs> Game three of the WNBA Finals tonight in Connecticut with the Sun needing a win over the Las Vegas Aces to stay alive. A win would give the Aces their first league championship. That game tips off at 6 o'clock on ESPN. There is your splash for Thursday, September 15th. Hey, happy birthday to my son, Patrick, who turned 17 today. Oh, happy, wow. birthday, happy birthday, Patrick. Happy birthday, Patrick. Where is the time gone? What Carl, did you get? Are, are, aren't we getting free lunch today because of your birthday? What? Sure. Did, no, 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 no. Didn't I hear that yesterday? Well, he said he would buy us, uh, the big boss man said he would buy the show lunch whenever we want it. Oh, okay. So it was not necessarily today. I said we could do it today or tomorrow, but he's very busy. He's not often around. At the end of our show, so we'll have to sort of work out the timing. But I could request it. Okay, so I see him guys, during the day today. You guys feeling like steaks? <laughs> Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, garlic mash. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Coming up, yeah, Adam Silver's press conference. Was it the low point of his tenure? A lot of people think so. It was very uncomfortable and raised a lot of reaction. We'll give ours next. Pickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. And Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I recognize that the, the point, as I said earlier, of transparency in a report like this is so you in the media or our fans can also look directly at that report and draw their own conclusions, as your question suggests, um, others can. And so I accept that. And I, I would only say in the situation for me, looking at the totality, looking at um, what Mr. Sarver's rights are as an owner, looking at what um, the options were available 
helpful to me, felt I came out with the right outcome. It's Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, on the ruling uh, that he put out earlier this week, and that was a year-long suspension mm. for Robert Sarver, a $10 million fine, and uh, some uh, workplace culture training, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, this got a lot of reaction. Adam Silver, um, not saying he was flawless as an NBA commissioner, when held up uh, performance-wise to the performance of his peers in the major sports, far and away the best commissioner in sports. Indeed. Um, a lot of the luster came off of Adam Silver's, in a lot of people's minds. Yes. Uh, his tenure, how he's ruled this league with this ruling. Uh, I thought there was a lot of very pointed but fair questions asked to Adam Silver, and I agree with your assessment, too. He looked uh, certainly uncomfortable, uh, bordering on ill-prepared to answer yes. a lot of those questions. Yes, because I believe the Adam Silver you saw yesterday is not the real Adam Silver. It was the Adam Silver who had a cover for an owner. That's what I... Yeah, Jared, don't get excited. Well, I, thought, I thought you had some kind of weird... No, no, no. I, I, I think Adam Silver yesterday was for... Do you know how hard it must have been for him to have said the words, Robert Sarver has evolved and many people have said many glowing things. A lot of people have said a lot of good things about Robert Sarver and a lot of this happened a long time ago and he's acknowledged what he's done and hopefully he will show it. Do you know how hard that must have been for him to take that tack after the way yes. he has begun gun to build his own reputation in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. When the report came out earlier this week, Bick, you know, the 43-page report from, from the investigating law firm, and the use of the phrase, they did not find that this behavior was based in racial or sexist animus. Mm-hmm. And people would say, how, how is that? And, and what Adam Silver did yesterday, one of my takeaways was, with all the things he said and you know, a- acknowledging that he accepts the work of the law firm and the use of that term, uh, that that phrase, not sexual or, or, or racial animus. He basically chalked this whole thing up to that's just Robert being Robert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's supposed to make it okay, right? And and it does not. And it's again, this is what's this is what's interesting to me about this because the idea that he's evolved, the idea that he's contrite, the idea that he's remorseful, a lot of recent actions would counter that. Um, as Baxter Holmes pointed out, and as others have pointed out about Baxter Holmes, it was only it was only in the month of May, May of 2022, that a longtime Phoenix Suns employee resigned from the team after alleging she was the target of bullying and retaliation by superiors after raising gender equity concerns and misconduct within the organization. All right, that's pretty recent. Yeah. That's not a, that's ago. that's not evolution by anyone's definition. And by the way, when we talk about we've seen this pattern of behavior over 18 years, that's just since his time with the Suns. It's not like he became this dude when he joined the Suns. So we're talking a lifetime, we can assume, of so, this pattern of behavior. Yeah, so so I think now what, what clearly happened was Robert Sarver lawyered up and, and fought the NBA on this, on many of the points of this. And, and the NBA realized they did not have a winning hand here. They did not have the, mm-hmm. they did not have somebody that they could shame into selling the team they they encountered somebody who said no I'm fighting you you are not taking my team and and as a result now they've got this story in this case that is 180 degrees out of alignment with what the NBA wants to stand for or claims to stand for and it's it must be this must be burning up Adam Silver to to his core to his 
Come on, Jarrett. To his gargoyle-like <laughs> eternal soul core. <laughs> it's got to because, yeah. it, listen, it, it's it's – and this is why – this is why now I, I think – this is partially why they made this report public, so this could now go into the public domain, so people could the, that outrage could be manifested that way. There was another strange detail that came out yesterday. He talked about transparency and making this public, but he also very freely admitted, "I have information that the public doesn't have on this." Yeah, that, that was, was weird. That provides nuance that maybe the public doesn't understand because yeah. you don't have the info that I do. That was like the whole first five minutes yes. of it when they kept pressing him and he said, and he was like stuttering and stammering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Trust me, there's nuance. Right. Trust right. me. Because well, what is it? Well, because people are looking at him going, we expect more from you. Yes. You, you, of all people, we expect more from you. So, so he was cornered now, and now he has to talk about nuance and things he knows and 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 that kind of stuff. Uh, look, it, it's. We've talked about this yesterday. It, this it, it, this is America, and if you own property. People can't just come and take it from you. And if you are wealthy, you can lawyer up and even and, and shield yourself against things like this. And, and I think that what the NBA just that's that's the battle the NBA was fighting with this whole thing was a was was an owner in Phoenix who was going to fight them tooth and nail to the end on this. Is the fight not worth fighting? Well, uh, of, what, of course it's worth fighting. What he is doing soiling oh, the NBA's reputation. That, well, that's the yeah, and that's this is this is what I'm talking about here. Robert Sarver for the long longest time, um, for that ten years gone, as I call it, that dead decade of dysfunction. He was our problem. Yeah. Shut up, Jared. Now he's the <laughs> league's problem. Yeah. Because he's created a big mess on the eve of the NBA season, and this is going to be the talking point in every NBA camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Vinny said, a storm coming? Yeah, it, it sure it feels, feels like, it. like that to me. Uh, toward the beginning of the press conference, Howard Beck from, from Sports Illustrated asked Adam Silver, and I thought he did it very, very smoothly and poignantly, and, and pointing out, if anybody else that worked for the league conducted themselves in this way, they'd be fired. Uh, and then we got the sobering reminder of this from Adam Silver. There are particular rights here of someone who owns an NBA team as, to some, as opposed to somebody who's an employee. I, I, uh, the equivalent of a $10 million fine and a one-year suspension, I don't know how to measure that against a job, but... I have certain authority by virtue of this organization, and that's what I exercised. Um, I don't have the right to take away his team. I don't want to rest on that neat legal point because, of course, there could be a process to take away someone's team in this league. It's very involved, and I ultimately made the decision that it didn't rise to that level. Yeah, basically, yeah, there's a different standard. But shouldn't the, in a perfect world, shouldn't the league stance be... Um, you know, it's not a right to own a team. It's a privilege right. to own a franchise in, in this org- in, in this big organization. And if you are at the top of that that chain in your organization, you should be held to a higher standard than the employees. That yeah, you I, over. yes, that's 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 that was a very slippery statement to make. And and I think what he was trying to say was it's like that old saying: you can't fire the owner. Remember the, the old saying in sports? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what he was trying to say. You can fire an employee. You can't fire an you owner. can't fire I mean, the but owners it, don't. But, but what it came off as is he's wealthy. He's an owner. He, he has layers of protection that you do not have. If that's going to be the case, the NBA needs to stop having Black Lives Matter on its court. It needs to stop holding LGBTQ nights. It needs to stop holding Women's Night on March 8th or whatever because you don't give a bleep. 
It is very clear. You want to advertise that you've got this moral compass, that you're better than all the other pro leagues. You know, we're progressive, we're inclusive, we care about marginalized groups. No, you don't. That's it. That's and that is why Adam Silver looked like a ghost. Do you ever see this guy, Jarrett? Yeah, he looks like a ghost. He looks like Like a ghost. He really looked like a ghost. Now, did you see? I guess that uh, an NBA spokesperson put out a statement countering when oh, he had yeah. said, he, "Okay, uh, yeah, I have did. that statement here. If you want, uh, Commissioner Silver's answer to a question about the rights of business owners did not mean to suggest that NBA players, team employees, and team owners are not held to the same standard of appropriate conduct. They absolutely are. Okay, prove it. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty pretty uh, powerful." Text your thoughts to the uh, FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll get into this uh, later on in the show. And again, Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. Cardinals back on the practice field. There continues to be a recurring theme in the discussion about what happened in week one. And Roger Federer just retired. Yeah, you okay? I'm all right. It's a sad day. Breaking news. Yeah. Maybe he'll pull a Tom Brady. No. (laughs) He hasn't played regularly in a long time. Does he have a wife? (laughs) Wants him to retire? It's all coming up. Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Yeah, I think everything really just honestly came down to communication and details. Um, I just feel like we just need to come in more detailed um, and not ever thinking and knowing. Um, so I would say those, those that's probably the biggest thing is just details and, and communication can always be better. You know, even if you have great communication, you can always have better. It's Isaiah Simmons, linebacker for the Cardinals, who actually lined up at uh, in, the, in the slot a lot more than anywhere else in the first game against Kansas City. We saw the results there, but this is the lingering byproduct of that week one loss that won't go away, is everybody is still talking about communication, details, connectivity. Yeah. It's almost like there wasn't a training camp or a preseason for this uh, Listen, I, it, it, is, it is so infuriating and it is so maddening to me that, that we're dealing with a head coach who still hasn't figured out the way to prepare a football team in year four of his career. That, to me, it just sums everything up. Okay, uh, here's the other thing that I think is interesting that, that I think he, all football coaches are going to look at. I read a story a day ago about how all these soft tissue injuries, and maybe the Cardinals have had a lot of those even though they haven't been repping come from not going full blast in training camp the thinking is is that if you kind of if you're just in chill mode a little bit and then you try to ramp it up the quick bursts that's what causes the soft tissue injuries do you remember i think we had max starks on i think it was a few weeks ago and he was saying that the problem with not playing in the preseason or playing a lot in practice is you don't build up he mentioned soft tissue yeah. i remember right so it, because it, it this is this is really kind of the juxtaposition that's hard to kind of reconcile putting all your players in bubble wrap to protect them from injury in preseason games and yet the cardinals have been one of the most injured teams to start the season it's been a daily issue with them and so is it a coincidence are is there a connection is there a causation i don't know but it's just it clearly it's i i just would really hope that in year four, a head coach would have a plan, a conviction about what is what works, and 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 enacts it. Because yeah. this idea that hey, you know what? Okay, all right, the guys know now. The guys get it now. The guys know now that the season's begun. The guys know now that the NFL, when it gets live and things get real, it's really fast and really. Vi- we got it now. We we kind of lost. 
it's that's so derelict. Yeah, to me. and especially to, to hear it repeatedly in, in four days after the first yeah. game, the communication and details. You're going into week one. It's not like you know you know you found out the day before the game that Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City were coming to town. If there's a team that can come in, especially in week one, when you look at the record of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in his career, they were four and zero, and he was putting up ridiculous numbers in week one. If there's a team that can exploit your your you know lack of communication and detail going in, it's them. So it might have been an extreme example, but then you go to this week with this still being, you know, the plot line for the mm-hmm. Cardinals is, yeah. is buttoning all these things up now on the fly going on the road against a pretty good team, a team not as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. They get exploited again. You have a tone set, and I think you probably have a lack of belief in what's happening. Going that, and that's the thing here, too. And, and we'll get into this later, but this, this football game on Sunday is also an incredibly important game for Kyler Murray individually. Because if this guy is truly going to be an elite franchise quarterback, a top 10 guy, a top 5 guy, he's going to have to start showing it. Because now he has got two very mediocre performances. Well, I wouldn't even call them mediocre. Two bad performances stacked up in a row here. One before his bag, one after his bag, one in the playoffs in L.A., and then this this last week's game against Kansas City was over before you knew it. So uh, it's going to be a very important game for him. It's going to be a very, very important game for their pass rush because if they cannot generate pressure on Derek Carr against this Raiders team, they ain't going to generate pressure on anybody. And then there's the, how are you going to deal with the Chandler Jones and the Max Crosby bookend pass rushers like that? Um, and And... Is Chandler Jones going to bring something special to the game because of this game, because of the opponent, because he's chasing around Kyler Murray? So there's a lot. There is a lot in the air today. This is uh, this is this is this is a lot of drama for week two. I'll yeah, tell you that. To answer your question on Jones, I don't know what happens, but there's a little bit of a precedent. He was a guy who wanted a contract extension going into last year, didn't get one, had a chip on his shoulder in week one. What did he do? He wrecked that whole game. Uh-huh. He destroyed the offensive line of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. You know, is the chip the same? You know, he got paid. He's wearing a different uniform now. Um, I, there's always, you know, when you don't get what you want, especially the way you perform for a certain organization and you mm-hmm. have to move on, I think there's always a little bit of animosity there. Even though he probably loves the individuals that you know, that are on the other side of the ball, you want to prove something. Well, yeah. Because there seemed to be a belief in, in some, and maybe this was in the organization too, that yeah, age-wise, production-wise, it's time to move on. That's Chandler right. Jones doesn't have oh, it anymore. And don't think that isn't what's motivating Chandler Jones because he knows the Cardinals made a decision that, okay, dude is 32, dude's going to cost a lot of money, we can replace his production. He knows that. Mm-hmm. He, he, he he's lived that. He had some some kind of snarky social media post, didn't he, on the way out before Vegas? Probably. Well, probably. They already told him that in New England when they traded him to Arizona. Yeah, that they could just replace him with like you know two right. lesser money guys. Yeah, and so the thing is, the thing is, when he is when he is feeling it, he can wreck. Not a, he can wreck a game. He, he did that for the Cardinals, but he just told you about it. Week one last year, he well, can wreck a game. Well, and, if- and they didn't get to the quarterback last week, the Raiders, with Crosby and Jones. And, you know, this offensive line is banged up, too. We'll get into the injuries a little bit later on. But there's a lot of people wondering what's going on with the Cardinals. I, I did this last week. I went to the same 12 websites to look at uh, power rankings. The Cardinals' average rank last year or last week was 15.9 going into the opener. It's down to 20.5. 
They're as low as 27th in NFL power rankings after that. Ooh. ESPN.com had a piece today asking uh, both Jeremy Fowler and Dan Graziano, is there a team that you're more worried about than others? They both said the Cardinals. Fowler said they looked pretty lifeless against Kansas City, and I'm starting starting to wonder if they overachieved in Coach Cliff Kingsbury's first three years. Arizona needs more pieces on defense and misses star-wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. I expect the Cardinals to rebound, but there's a lot to overcome here. Graziano said, yeah, I was at that game, and lifeless is the right word for the Cardinals. They're beaten up with injuries right now, and playing without Hopkins for five more games isn't going to help. Looking that uninspired and that overwhelmed in the opener does not bode well for the Cards' chances to hang in the NFC West. Well, that's, yeah, see, now, and, and those are some hard reactions, but they're not inappropriate. That's how bad the Cardinals were in week one. That's why I said you can take comfort in the standings the 0 and 1 because that was that was utterly expected it's the other stuff mm-hmm. it's the realization that there might not be enough talent here the realization that the opposing defenses might have figured out this offense they might have this thing in a headlock all that stuff's in the air this weekend yeah um you okay, any Got a little allergy thing going on here. Okay, man. It's just really torn up about the Cardinals. Yeah, right. All right. Well, you can just sneeze into your arm like Jared did. Yeah. Like you did yesterday. Go to, Stop let's sneeze in your arm, Jared. Go to break. You can go sneeze to break. all you want. That's <laughs> all you care about is the break, right. Jared. You don't care about me. I care more about the breaks than the show. Cares about the breaks, but not the heartbreaks. Oh, look at that. (sighs) Coming up next, we'll get into some of the other storylines in the NFL heading into week two. It's hash marks. Next, Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, week two gets underway tonight. In Kansas City, Chiefs and Chargers, really good uh, matchup between two good teams in the AFC West, two of the premier quarterbacks. Um, And I think another way to spin this locally, let's see what the Chiefs look like against the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that did look prepared and strong on communication and detail going into week one. Um, You know, if the Chiefs, if the Chiefs run roughshod over the Chargers, then y- you might even feel better about what you saw from the Cardinals. I agree. If the opposite happens, it might be an uh-oh moment for that, a lot of Cardinals fans. Yes, because, and I believe Max Starks brought this up, that when you look across the, the, the gamut of the games in the NFL, the Cardinals were not the only team who punted on the preseason. I don't think anybody did it quite to the level that Cliff Kingsbury did. The but Rams certainly did. The Rams and, did. And they yeah. looked like a team that did. Yeah, there were a lot of teams that did. So uh, Max pointed out that if you get a team that punts on the preseason and you put them up against a team that actually took it seriously and gained reps, you might get the outcome that you got from Chiefs Cardinals. Mm-hmm. If you put the Cardinals up against a team that also punted on the preseason, might not look as problematic, if you yes. will. And this is also an opportunity for, look, we know what Patrick Mahomes is all about. This is an opportunity for Justin Herbert on a very big stage, um, Thursday night football. The Chargers haven't got a lot of national uh, notoriety in his time there. He comes out and has a great game. This mm-hmm. is the type of game that, for and there's plenty of believers already, but for the naysayers or the feet draggers a little bit on on Justin Herbert, he if he outperforms Patrick Mahomes tonight, 
that's going to be the lead story on Without all the national doubt. stories yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, listen, and, and it's because, and, and that's why I think what we see from Patrick Mahomes is going to be interesting, too. What do you have, five touchdown passes in week one? Mm-hmm. So he's got a big number going I mean, They into, were all basically handoffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's got a big number going into week two, and, it, and if it is true that Patrick Mahomes is kind of thinking, what about me here with, with all the love given to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and, and Josh Allen? then this is another chance for him to do that. But I also agree with you. Justin Herbert has received a lot of elevation and a lot of praise because he is the whole package. He is he is very athletic. He has got an incredible arm, and he's six foot four, And so he sees everything. So he's got it all. And he's agile. And he's agile. Mm-hmm. So it's – and so prototypically, it didn't get a lot better than that. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that game tonight. So should, should be a real good one. Uh, elsewhere around the league, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's part of the TNF crew on, on Prime Video. Uh, so you'll see him and that whole crew debut tonight in their first game ever on, on the streaming service for the Thursday night package. But he's been doing the media tour. Uh, he went on Dan Lebitard's show. And that didn't go very well. It didn't go very well. It's very uncomfortable to watch because of questions about a water slide in. Injury. Uh, he also went on the Pardon My Take podcast, part of Barstool. And the, the remember the story about Tom Brady and looking at the quarterback situation when his his future was uncertain on where he was going to go. And they looked mm-hmm. at one potential landing spot and said, oh, you're going to keep that bleep over me? And everybody thinks it's Derek Carr. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't think it's Derek Carr. Ryan Fitzpatrick thinks it's him. That's the most recent. You think it was you? Yeah. I feel like Brady respects you. No, zero respect. Really? Would never shake my hand. Really? Uh, he wouldn't shake your hand? Well, the first time, it just, I mean, I've told this story before, but he just pisses me off because you're in Buffalo, you're playing New England, they're kicking our ass every single year they're beating us and um we finally in 2011 knocked him off it was right at the beginning of the season we had this like great start and he threw five interceptions in the game which was just wonderful to see every single one of them (laughs) wonderful to see and run straight off like no handshake no you know quarterback middle of the field where the camera is okay stay healthy buddy you know pat me on the head and let me go like just ran straight off so it just it bothered bothered me so much because there was no respect there yeah and so it was like every time i played him after that i was like all right like i at least got like let's make this dude respect me and <laughs> no i i wow did i miss an opportunity to bond with ryan fitzpatrick over a, a mutual tom yeah. brady hatred yeah, man did i miss an opportunity yeah that's unbelievable stuff isn't it and and it's and it resonates with me because one of ryan fitzpatrick's all-time great games was when he played for the dolphins or no was it it was a day that he lit up the patriots maybe it was when he played for buffalo i'm not sure but he had one he of had, i think he had success against them in buffalo with the jets and the Dolphins. Yeah, played. maybe. And he he specifically later in that story told about it was the, the, the tank for two a year where he was at quarterback and, and people began the year saying, is this Miami Dolphins team the worst team ever assembled? That's right. And they lost the first game bad to the Patriots, but they beat him down in Miami. That's he took, right. He took great pride in that. Oh, yeah. That, I love I have, it. I have a prediction, by the way. Okay. And I'm not just sucking up to him because he's a local guy and because he came on our show. I think he's going to be the next star uh, NFL media member. Okay. He's going on a podcast saying how Tom Brady pisses him off. Yeah. And oh, Tom he's, Brady oh, has no yes. respect for me. Yeah. 
that I mean, you're shooting at the top of the league right there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And you're a former player. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm a big fan of that guy. I always have been, and even now more so than ever. Because <laughs> I, that guy just pisses me off. That's exactly how I feel about Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Ryan. Speaking of Tom Brady, on the uh, front page of CNN.com this morning. Oh boy. Giselle Bunchen and Tom Brady are living separately, source tells CNN. And uh, there's been a lot made of the quotes, the, the interview that came out and, and the quotes from Giselle Bunchen about Tom being more present. Um, earlier this week on that Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray, have you heard this guy, Jerry? Have you heard this guy, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a quote from Tom Brady. Uh, Quote, I haven't had a Christmas in 23 years. I haven't had a Thanksgiving in 23 years. I haven't celebrated birthdays with people that I care about that are born from August to late January. And I'm not able to be at funerals and I'm not able to be at weddings. Uh, I think there comes a point in your life where you say, you know what? I've had my fill and it's enough and time to go on to move into other parts of life. That's pretty interesting that he would say that. And then but do uh, the opposite. And do the exact opposite. Uh, Jeff Saturday, former uh, center, a long time with the Indianapolis Colts, now with ESPN. He uh, he has a theory on Tom Brady and what he's doing football-wise. I think people don't realize, like, we all got stuff going on. I don't care how old you are. A 22-year-old walking in the locker room, he's got issues. We all got issues. So we all have things that we're all dealing with. When we hit that locker room, it is like everything else vanishes. And I don't care if you're a professional athlete that's that. When you walk in the building, it is a different mindset. You ain't thinking about what he's got going on, what I got going I mean, I'm telling you, it is something different. And when you get collectively that many people that fine-focused on one result oriented action, which is that game. Everything else goes away. And then when he leaves, whatever else comes back in his life. But again, Jay ain't worried about it. Key ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. Yeah, using football as a respite from personal life. I kind of treat this uh, radio show that way. At 10.01, I go back to the, <laughs> to the anxiety to the hellscape that is your personal life. life. <laughs> it's, it's one thing to use football as the, uh, the respite, as the escape from your life. The football is what's causing the problems in your life. Though. I know. The core. And yeah. he can't, it, and so, so he's sitting there saying what he feels like he has to say, but his compulsion to play won't make him stop. Like, I wonder what levels of parental guilt he feels, because a, a lot of athletes deal with that later in life. Well, they missed, realize what they have just missed. I've missed so many birthdays. I've missed so many Christmases. I've missed so many Thanksgivings. And, and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> that's right. That's make right. it 24 years of yeah. no birthdays and Thanksgivings. But I got to spend eight hours a day with Gronk in a locker room. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely picked Gronk over Giselle Boonshin. What? It's a weird. Thank you. Being a professional athlete is a weird thing, though, because when you are working, you're essentially away from your family for the entire time you're working. But when you're not working, you're home all the time. Like no other job do you have several months off. Right. Where you don't have to do anything, where you can only be with your family. He's already got his next job lined up. Yeah. How about that? And maybe he's looking at that going, wait, if I do a game on Sunday, I'm going to leave on Friday? What am I going to (laughs) do? Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Yeah, can can I get a daily podcast? Jim, what about his daily podcast? No, well, I mean, listen, it, it comes down, and, and because and we can talk about this, because this is being reported. 
Giselle is just basically saying, look, I, I've, I've done all the heavy, lift, heavy lifting for 15 years. I got stuff I want to do, and it's my time, yeah. and right. it's your time to come and be with these kids. And Tom's like, yeah, I know, but I can't. <laughs> She's like, I'm actually the global superstar over yes, here. Right. In our world, you're not as big of a deal. Right. And did you notice? Maybe in the Tom quotes? wants to get divorced for the alimony. <laughs> yeah, he makes uh, some real money. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> That was funny. Uh, did you notice in a lot of those quotes, she talked about my children? She didn't say our Ooh. children. Yes, she did. That's she did. right. Mine. She did. What are you implying? Are they, look, they look like I the mailman? Or what you, no, because she's raised them. That's he hasn't right. been around. She's saying he, you she's haven't making. been present. Right. And now she's ready for come the next phase. I've you, never seen on. Giselle that kiss her Jam kids song, on the lips. Jared, don't call me daughter. <laughs> Not fair to. Not fit to. I oh, that's it. Not fit to. That's what it is. <laughs> no picture camp will remain me. <laughs> we are so ridiculous. Uh, coming up next, uh, there's not a whole lot of belief in the Arizona Cardinals right now. That can change with a sturdy performance Sunday in Las Vegas. Can they do it? We'll get into it next. Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.